This morning at TPOS, Pastor Sadler talks about how we are prettier, clean. There are some things in our life that we need to filter out, but sometimes that's not enough. We need God to cleanse us. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 15, the Bible says, Were they ashamed when they had committed abominations? Nay, they were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore, they shall fall among them that fall. At the time that I visit them, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. I want to preach a very simple thought today. You are prettier clean. You are prettier when you're clean. Put your Bibles down. Lift your hands and your hearts towards heaven. Jesus, today, anoint our ears that we may hear. Stir our heart, God, that there be a place for a word that comes from heaven could find opportunity to growth and mature us, Lord, and help us to acknowledge your direction in our lives to the end we may be established and let everybody say in Jesus' name, amen. I was reminded this week of a story of a good friend of mine that had a little girl, and his little girl was in the backyard. It was a permitted place for her to play. Her mother was in the kitchen, fenced-in backyard. But the, the daughter, the little girl, had discovered the garden hose, Brother Alford. And there was a worn path from the deck to the gate, and there was no grass. And the little girl had discovered if you saturate the dirt with water, you can make the most wonderful mud pies. Anybody here ever make mud pies when you were a kid? And if there's something better than making mud pies, it's rolling in the mud. And my friend came home, parked in the driveway, heard the noise in the backyard. He went through the gate, and much to his chagrin, he saw his little girl covered in mud. And she's, he said, excuse me? And she rolled around, and he said, all I could see was these white eyes and mud everywhere. And he said, I couldn't help myself. I said, you're pretty dirty. And his daughter replied with, yes, Daddy, but I'm prettier clean. rest of y'all get that when you get home. I wonder how many times our Heavenly Father looks at us and sees that we're pretty dirty. But he knows that we're prettier when we're clean. When I was thinking about cleaning, I found a couple of great quotes that made me laugh. They were found in the Good Housekeeping magazine. The first one I chuckled out loud. It said, we dream of having a clean house, but who actually dreams about cleaning it? It's work. Everybody say work. The second one, I I, I thought of Julie, especially after the grandgirls go home. The caption read, this house was clean yesterday. We're sorry that you missed it. What, What are you saying, Pastor? Not only is staying clean hard work, It is a constant endeavor. It's not a one and done. It is a continual renewal of things. 
I'm glad when you bought your clothes, they were clean. But I'm also glad that you got a washer and a dryer, and I hope you use it, that you have your garments clean. I know that when you were in the hospital as a pink little baby, the nurse gave you your first bath, and there was nothing sweeter or finer. But who knows that since that day, we've encountered things, that it wasn't a one-time cleaning. It's a constant it's a constant struggle to stay clean. I can't speak for your mama, but I can speak for my mama. My mama said I'd get one of you dressed and ready for church and the other one would be messed up. And I'd get the other one cleaned up for church and then the second one was messed up. And she said I finally got dressed myself and I wouldn't dress y'all till we're ready to walk out the door. Because it, it was a constant struggle to keep us clean. Staying clean is hard work and it's a never-ending job. Our text in Jeremiah is talking about supposedly the children of God, but they're no longer the children of God. Not because God has changed, but because they had went after strange gods and they had corrupted and polluted themselves with whatever came easy to the flesh. And God began to evaluate where they're at. And he zeroed in on it and says, Are these people ashamed of their disobedience? No. And he goes on to explain to us that they were so calloused to the will of God for their life, they could no longer even blush. I don't know about you, but I've been in some situations where I've put my foot in my mouth and my face turned red. Anybody know? Anybody know? Who's ever said or done something that you felt that radiant heat coming down through your cheeks and they say, oh, your face is red. Are you okay? It's that mental revelation of embarrassment. And when you're embarrassed, there's an involuntary response that your brain kicks in that the capillaries in your face become flooded with blood. It's an acknowledgement of embarrassment. He is saying that they are so far away from obedience to me, they no longer have any shame and they don't blush. Can I say I believe we are in a day today that not only do people participate in sin, they don't feel bad about it. I'm not that old, even though my bones try to tell me sometimes I'm old. But I'm not that old. And in my little short lifetime, in comparison to the span of time since Jesus walked the face of the earth, I'm here to tell you there are things that people used to do in secret and private and in denial. Don't ask, don't tell. And now they march and they're proud of their abomination and their, their immorality. I'm not attacking the people. I'm telling you, we're in a generation that is no longer ashamed for adultery or fornication. They actually brag about it. I remember that my granddad and I would go door knocking. He was a, he was a church planner. And back in that day, even in the summertime, he'd wear a coat and tie going knock doors. Now, I don't. I don't always wear a coat and tie during the week. But he did. And he'd knock on a door. And some guy would come to the door and he'd have a beer can in one hand and he'd have a cigarette in the other. But when he recognized my granddad was a preacher, he'd put him behind his back. He was embarrassed of what he was doing. We've got a day right now, not only is righteousness not followed, it's mocked. There are people that are lifting up their sin as a superior freedom over the righteousness of God. I'm going to preach. I think there's a twofold reason why we're seeing this today. Number one, you can't really identify or be embarrassed that you're doing wrong if you don't know that it's wrong. 
example. I was dealing with a family, reaching out to them. They were in crisis and turmoil, and I'm trying to have a positive influence. And they had smaller children, and the little boy let out with words that a sailor wouldn't use. And I thought, boy, I'm going to get me some doll soap. And I'm going to help you. That's what I'm going to do. And then after a few minutes of talking to his mom and dad, I realized where he learned those words. He would have felt bad, but nobody had ever challenged him, disciplined him, or held him accountable. So he didn't know what he was doing was wrong. So I got to tell you, it's no time for the church to go along to get along. There is one way. And that is the path of righteousness and holiness. Let, let, me, let me stop and preach on that just a minute. I got a lot of history in construction, especially in the paint business. Uh, when I painted this sanctuary, when we finally got it finished several years ago, uh, I had a five-gallon bucket of paint. And, and you don't know this necessarily, but paint, when it stays in a five-gallon bucket, it begins to cling to the walls of the plastic bucket. And then when you shake it up to get the color right, it shakes up those trashy particles all in your paint. And you'll be rolling or brushing in a big glob. We'll be in the middle of it. And I know the women of this church, they got laser hawk vision. And if I'd left a bunch of trash in one, they'd be saying, oh, pastor, is that Braille or did you do a bad job? And so I went and got me a cheesecloth. You may know what cheesecloth is, a really fine fabric. And it's a cheesecloth strainer. And so I put it over the opening of this bucket and I poured these contents there and I used that strainer and I got all them trash out. And that way I could roll and brush. I don't even have to think about trash. And I started rolling again, and guess what? Trash was everywhere. I cleaned my roller, I cleaned my brush, I, I, and it was still trash in there. I got examining, Brother Ira. The cheesecloth that I had had a slit in it that long, and it let all the trash. I'm telling you, there's no time for the church to come unseemed and divided. The church needs to be unified in truth. What is right is right, and what is wrong is wrong. It doesn't matter how we feel about it. It's what the Word of God says. I care about your feelings on a personal level, but when it comes to interpreting the Word of God, it'll stand on its own. It don't matter how we feel about it. Now, there's that group that don't know no better. You know who they need to look to for the right and the wrong? The church of God doesn't need to send mixed messages about what is right and what is wrong. It's no time to embrace sin and call it righteousness. It's time for the church to live it, not just on Sunday, not just when pastor's coming over, but we need to talk right and walk right and consume the right things because it don't matter what pastor's doing there's an all seeing eye he's watching you he knows what's in your heart he knows your attitude he knows who you... i gotta hurry i gotta hurry here this is what i'm gonna get so number one is a lack of knowledge anybody here got some photos from your past you don't want nobody to see i, I don't mean those uh, naked baby pictures that mama pulls out when company i don't mean those i'm talking about when you were living in the world and acting like the world anybody got pictures of yourself that, that you're not most proud of, who you're associating with, or what you're doing, or what you're holding, or who you're, you, you might know what I'm talking about? I can tell you right now, every one of us has a past. It's a good thing to be on this side, to be able to look back and, and have that sense of embarrassment, that Ooh, what was I thinking when I wore that? What was I thinking when I was hanging out? Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
that we came to ourselves in the pig pen and say, I'm not going to live in the dirt and the muck and the mire. Aren't you glad that Jesus reached down and touched your heart and brought you out of the pit and he'll wash you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness if you will let him. It don't matter where you come from because some of you were adulterers and fornicators and whoremongers, but the Bible says you've been washed. I don't think you're getting it today. He don't want you to stay dirty and be pretty. He says you're prettier when you're clean. The second part is there's a part that don't know, and it's the church's job through the word and the spirit of God to present what is the good, acceptable, perfect will of God for our lives. Amen. But there's another group. They have been in sin so long their heart, their emotions, their mind has built up calluses. They're no longer embarrassed. Now, callousness, you get calluses on your hands from repetitive use and lack of moisture. Ooh. And there's some dry spirits that have been participating in repetitive sinful behavior. And now calluses on your heart. You no longer feel the conviction of God. You're no longer embarrassed. You're actually convinced that what I'm doing is no worse than anybody else. And I'm basically okay. God forbid that we would believe that lie. You can't. There's not many ways to God. There's not many names you can call on. There's one Lord. One faith. One bat. There's one way. It's the way of holiness. That word holiness is not a dirty word that relates to a closed-minded group of people. We used to hear holiness, and you're thinking hymns, hairs, hose, and television. I'm talking about holiness is the word that means purify. God's not coming back for a church that's in the pig pen. He's coming back for a church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And did you ever think that God would never want you to do something he wouldn't empower you to do? That means it is possible to serve God without a spot, without a wrinkle, and without a blemish. In the name of Jesus, you can be a new creature. Old things are passed away. He can cleanse you from all unrighteousness if you will let him. How am I doing? Here's what I want you to get. Calloused. I had a man that was a customer. He didn't have much biblical training, but he had been so headlong into sin. He knew I was a young preacher. I was in my 20s and just was going to Bible college, and, and, and he'd like to come in and do his Howard Stern shock effect on me, throw something outlandish out here to see how I'd respond. And God really helped me to feel those difficult questions and respond in a positive way. But this one day, it wasn't a shock effect. He was serious. The Lord had been dealing with me to speak to Rick about where his soul's going to end up. And I was on the clock working for a company, and I had to be very careful. I didn't want to uh, do the Lord's business and cheat my employer. But when God deals with you, and I just, the Lord opened the door, and I just drove the herd through. And I said, Rick, let me ask you a question. If you died tonight, do you know where you'd be? He said, he said man, I'll tell you this. The only thing I know about dying is when I die, I want to be buried face down because I want to see where I'm going. I'm going to tell you something. The scriptures are very clear in the book of Romans that we can deny the voice of God and the direction of God so long that we can believe a lie. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, for the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by these things that are made. Even His 
eternal power and Godhead so they're without excuse. Let me tell you, you see the birds fly, you see the trees glow, you see the clouds go by. There's a creator, an intelligent nature itself says there's a God. You can bury your head in the sand and say, I'm not going to read the Bible and I'm not going to go to church because I don't want to be held accountable. You're going to be judged because creation itself declares there's a God and he's got a purpose. And the Bible says they they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish hearts were darkening, professing themselves to be wise. They became fools, and they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image and the likeness of corruptible man, and to birds, and to four-footed beasts, and to creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie. I got more to read, but let me tell you today. You tell me, well, I don't think those people are all that bad that preach all different lifestyles. They really believe what they're talking about. They believe it because God will let you believe a lie and be damned if that's what you want to do. But I'm telling you, it is not the will of God that any should perish. He don't want you to waller in the pig pen. He don't want you to be a limping Christian. He don't want you to barely get through. Our God is able to empower you to rise above every vile affection, every lust. The Word says it's because they glorified him not as God and they worshiped you want to know why we have a worship service on Sunday morning before we have preaching I don't know about you I've come in contact with some things of the world some attitudes of the world some stinking thinking some carnality the worship to the one true God is a way to be washed that we can come into his presence I don't mean to get ahead of myself I'm going to preach a different message next week about this but there's a reason there was a brazen laver before they came into the holy place God said before you come in my house I want you to be cleansed. You better have found yourself an altar bench. You better have found yourself a place in prayer. We don't come before a holy God just as we are. We got to cleanse ourselves. Oh, pastor, I don't know if I believe that or not. It don't matter what you believe or not. My Bible says in 2 Corinthians 7, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now, let let, let me land this plane. This is what I want you to hear. Some don't know any better. Others have become calloused. There's a generation that doesn't know that drunkenness is a sin. There's a generation, God forbid, even in churches that think fornication and adultery are no big deal. Perversion that the Bible calls clearly as perverse and its abomination is now being voted in by church boards and organizations. Can I tell you, it don't matter what a church board votes for. It don't matter what an organization says. What does the Word of God say? If he hated it yesterday, he hates it today. Pastor, you're coming down hard on this. I'm telling you, there's a spirit that wants to divide the church to let anything go. Anything don't go. When it comes to my kids and my grandkids, there's one way. The name of Jesus is all powerful. You can't live like you are and do what you want to do. God didn't come in the form of a man and die on a cross that you can dwell in your sins, but he has saved you even from yourself. So how do we overcome this? We've got to examine ourselves, the Bible says. Chapter 6 of 2 Corinthians goes into, if you want me to hear your prayers and you want me to be your heavenly father, examine yourself 
To receive what God has for us, we got to examine ourselves, to cleanse ourselves, to remove the obvious. Let me, let me talk about the word to purify. Purify means to remove contaminants, to extract. And next week I'll be preaching about making ceremonially clean. Today we're just really looking at to remove contaminants. Anybody here bought bottles of drinking water? I'm the only person in this church who's bought bottles of drinking water. Most drinking water that you buy has the word what? Purified drinking water. We think about going hiking up a mountain stream and that brook is beautiful and oh, I can't wait to scoop down and get me a drink of it. Let me tell you something. You shouldn't drink water that you don't know is potable. That means ready to be consumed. There's the visible and there's the invisible. I'm talking about the visible today. A couple summers ago during COVID, I got talked into putting up an inflatable a pool for the, for the girls. And I did that. Oh, it was so easy to inflate and so easy to fill with water. But I'm telling you what, I spent Saturday after Saturday out there with a net and a strainer and chemicals and checking pH. And that water was murky and green. I promise you the Loch Ness Monster was in that thing. Just a week before, it was beautifully clean. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, I didn't put no grass seed in there. All of a sudden, it's got stuff growing green in there. Tell you what, when the season was over, I couldn't wait to inflate that fast enough. I gifted it to my grown kids and said, I want to bless you with this because I need my Saturdays back. (laughs) Alexander, it was easy for me to take that dip net strainer and get the big globs of uh, grass and bugs and stuff out. But there's the visible and then there's the invisible. Can I speak to somebody today? There's things seen and unseen. There's a physical, fleshly dimension, and there's a spiritual dimension. You hear this Pentecostal preacher, God is calling you as you are. And he's saying, if you will extract or remove the visible things, by my spirit, I'm able. I don't think you're getting it today. I was using that dip net to get the visible things because I don't care how much chemical you put in there, it will not consume the carcass of a bug. Do you understand that when people get caught in natural disasters and the water gets contaminated, first they filter it to get the visible contaminants. That's something you and I can do. We physically can filter. Oh, be careful little ears what I hear. Woo! Oh, be careful, little feet, where I go. We need to filter who we hang out with, what we listen to, what we watch, what we, what we hear. I'm going to say it this way. We need to filter who we're spending time with, what we're participating in. God is looking for a church that has cleansed themselves. Examine yourself. Get the obvious. But do you know that filtering Unclean water is not enough because there's bacteria that the physical eye cannot see. I'm going to stop. Going back to the paint business for a minute. I was managing a store. had a great customer come in. He he was a third-generation painter. It was a family uh, trade they were very proud of, very prestigious business. And they were doing a former governor of Alabama's house that a couple, I call them a power couple, the husband was a prenatal surgeon. Before the baby was born, he would go into the womb and operate. 
Very delicate. I'm sure he charged a lot of money. His wife was a tax account attorney. She had a master's accounting degree, and she was a lawyer. They made really good money. And they bought this former mansion and was having it renovated. I'm talking about porcelain figurines put into the crown molding. I'm talking about hardwood antique, 26-foot ceilings in the dining room. just, Just massive. And so my friend who was a customer, was buying special decodings to put on this high-end house. And so he said, I need this particular product that your company manufactures. I had to special order it. They delivered it. I tinted it. I shook it. I checked the color. Looks great. The, the shine was just perfect. It's exactly what he wanted. He got out to the job. Now, if you have a paint sprayer, you have this little boot on the bottom of it that's a filter. They call it a rock catcher. It's not real fine, but it'll catch big things from getting into your sprayer. And then on up in the sprayer, there's a filter inside the machine. And then in this guy, he's so meticulous and particular, he would strain his paint, put it in there, this rock catcher would go through that, then it'd go through the internal filter, and then he had another filter on the end of his gun. I mean, that thing should have been clean. After just a few minutes of spraying, his gun kept clogging, kept clogging, kept clogging. He cleaned it out. He even ran other paint products through it. No problem. He kept going back to this product, high-dollar product that he'd gotten for me. It would clog, it would clog, it would clog. I learned something that day. It was an oil-based paint. The oil-based paint The oil is a binder. You don't think much about a binder. The only thing customers think about when they buy paint is what color is it. But can I tell you, if you don't have a good binder, that's the glue. If you don't have a good binder, it don't matter what color it is. It's going to fall off the wall, off the surface. It's just going to peel off like dead skin. And so the binder in this case was linseed oil binder. Now, a binder in, in this case is also, who's ever read a book? It has a binder that keeps all the pages in there and keeps them in the right order. Can I tell you, I'm afraid some churches have lost their binder because they've taken some pages out of the book. And I think they've realigned the order some cases too. I'm telling you about this word is forever settled. It's done been bound in the blood of Jesus. It's already been fulfilled and completed. But what I want you to get is, he said, man, you sold me a bad gallon of paint. I said, bro, it's brand new. I just ordered it. It just came in. He said, check the batch out. I called our home office that manufactured all the paint. And I said, I just got this paint and this customer had this problem. He said, well, looking at the batch number, that batch is from about seven years ago. It was in a tent base that was not used very often. And I said, well, it's new to me. He said, well, it's been around about seven years. And he said, if they're having a problem, it's probably the paint. Because after a certain period of time, that linseed oil binder in there begins to develop little seeds. And I said, I didn't see no seeds. I'm thinking pumpkin seeds, thinking pumpkin seeds. He says, no, you won't see it with a human eye, but it'll clog up a sprayer like this. Oh, man. I've messed my friend up. Can I make a couple points here? Number one, just because what you're doing is new to you don't mean it's new. Our enemy, the devil, has been repackaging sin, and people think they've discovered something fun and something new. Let me tell you what, the Word of God has already declared what is white and what is wrong, and and even though the enemy wants to repackage it, there ain't nothing new under the sun. And just because you think you're okay, don't mean you're okay. Can I say this today? In the natural process, there were some things that just filtering won't do. See, there was the scene that I thought I could fix, but there's the unseen that I can't fix. I feel the Holy Ghost. If you'll start taking things out of your life that you know are stumbling blocks or clogging up the flow of the Word of God in your life, guess what? 
When you get the Holy Ghost in your life, uh, the invisibleness of God who can examine everything, our God by the Spirit can come in you. Uh, There's attitudes and feelings you didn't even know you had, but you can have an unction. And you used to say words that you don't now say because one time you said them and after you got the Holy Ghost, a little voice says, I don't think I would say that. I don't think I would go there. I don't think I would do that. If you're waiting on pastor to go through your Netflix account, it ain't going to happen. But the Holy Ghost will make you holy. Not because you got a stamp of God's approval, but because it'll make you walk right and talk right and think right. And Can I say it today? You're prettier when you're clean. Who loves your children when they're dirty? Who wants to hug them up close when they're covered in mud? I wonder sometimes God's love is forever. It's eternal. It's unconditional. But I wonder sometimes because of our sin, it drives him, keeps him at a distance. Well, I'm not that bad. I'm 99% there. I'm obedient most of the time. I'm better than the person sitting next to me. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. So let's say I'm going towards the music stand in front of the piano. I'm on the highway of holiness, purity. I'm moving towards God. Do you realize that just a 2% shift? Am I going to make that music stand? What's going to happen? If enough time passes, I'm going to be way over here. And some of us wonder how we got off course. It ain't that big a deal. Coming to church regularly ain't that big a deal. Praying's not that big a deal. Forgiving my brother's not that big a deal. Paying my tithe's not that big a deal. Dressing right and talking right and forgiving. I'm telling you, little things can become big things if you let the enemy turn you to the right or the left. But I have my eyes fixed. I'm looking towards the east. I'm not looking back. I'm looking forward unto the author and finisher of my faith at his glorious appearance. And when he appears... I'm going to see him because I hadn't allowed myself to be turned. In closing today, see, we see things, we need to filter it. But the unseen things, if you're, if you're hiking or camping, they suggest, number one, filter the water before you drink it. But the, the unseen, you can't deal with just by filters. You got to put it in a kettle and build a fire. And the temperature of the fire drives the water. It kills the bacteria and enzymes that'll do bad things. Well, I don't know what you're talking about, Pastor. If you've ever been to Mexico, they say, don't drink. For the Israel, I'm sorry. Don't drink the water. Jill and I had a lifelong friend that went to Mexico after high school, and she didn't drink the water. She drank Coke or Pepsi. But she had a bad habit of chewing ice. <laughs> Montezuma's revenge got all over her, man. It ruined her whole. You know what it was? She didn't eat or consume anything that she shouldn't have that she could see. It was what she couldn't see. And I wonder how many times we, get, we pick up a spirit or we get exposed to stinking thinking or we get involved in things and there's a component that we can't see behind it. Let me tell you, that's why you need to be in the church of the living God. It's good to be baptized in His name, but I'm telling you, Jesus says we need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. There's something about the fire of the Holy Ghost. It'll... You can say, I... 
I've been too far. I've done too much. I've weighed in sin. My Bible says, David said, create in me a clean heart. Oh God, that means ex nihilo, something from nothing. It don't matter where you've been and how you have failed. You can cry out to God. He is able to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I'm telling somebody today, there's a reason it says purified drinking water. The implication was there had been some impurities, but it's now been treated that it's consumable. I'm telling you what, you may have been in the gutter. You may have been addicted. Pornography may have been your normal thing. You might have had an evil spirit, but my God is able to cleanse you, not from some unrighteousness, not most unrighteousness, but all unrighteousness. You can be consumable by the Holy Holy Ghost and fire. You're able. You're able to be purified. I love Isaiah. He said, in the year I saw King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Can I tell you, at your lowest places, God's the most visible. And the voice of the Lord came to him in a low place and said, I need to send somebody to prophesy. The Bible says Isaiah felt unworthy and he laid Flat on his face, looking at the ground. Can I tell you the best response to a holy God is on your face. Woo. When we humble ourselves, then God can do things for us. And the Bible says Isaiah laid down. He said, I'm a man of unclean lips. Anybody here got unclean lips? Anybody got issues, areas of your life you're not proud of? The Bible says that God sent an angel and he went to the altar and he got a coal of fire and he flew over and he touched Isaiah on the lips and what was unclean. God said, now is clean. Let me tell you something. There is something powerful about the fire of God in his spirit. He's able to take what you were and make you what you are. Let no man tell you you're unclean when God says you're clean. God knows his promises towards you. He knows what you can be if you will allow him, but he will not accept you as you are and leave you as you are. He will accept you as you are, but he wants to cleanse you from all unrighteousness I got a bunch I could say anybody besides me feel unworthy some days anybody besides me know you pretty good well pastor you didn't lift me you didn't lift me up know you not that the unrighteous shall inherit the kingdom of God be not deceived Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves of mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And too many times the church stops with the don'ts. They don't preach the rest of that. And such were some of you. But ye are. It does not say was. But ye are. That means it's a constant cleaning process we have this area dedicated as a place of prayer because it's not one or done I'm glad your clothes was clean when you bought them but they're not clean anymore you gotta gotta be washed I'm glad that nurse gave you a a great bath with magic baby wash but I got a feeling after 20-30 years it's worn off he says and such were some of you but you are washed but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. Catch this. And by the Spirit. It's not just the name. 
It's the Spirit. Anybody besides me like those wilderness survival things? Brother Israel, I like to see how things are built. And here's this guy. He's on the edge of the frozen tundra of Alaska. And there's these big, beautiful spruce trees on the horizon. And he goes over in the, in the spruces and he cuts several of them down. And Christopher, he drags them out in this opening and he begins to skin them and cut them to length and hew them and shape them. And he is building a, a rough style cabin for when the snow comes, he, he'll have shelter. And I think, man, that wood's going to rot after a season or two. Man, it's exposed, it's raw, and the wet snow's going to do a number on it. What the snow doesn't do, the sun's going to destroy, and it ain't going to last very long. But when he got done, y'all ever seen those little blue bottles of gas that they light, and they weld solder copper pipes together, a little little blue flame-looking little torch? You ever seen those? He had two or three of those, and he went over every square inch of the outside. He's burning his house down. He didn't let it burn down. He just let it, the surface catch on fire. Do you realize that it built up carbon on the outside and turned that sap and liquefied it and turned it into a protective coating because he burned the outside? Now his refuge is safe from the elements. I feel God speaking. Listen, the Holy Ghost and fire, God's not trying to destroy you. He's trying to seal you under the day of redemption. He's continuing to justify you and clean you if you will let Him. I'm not calling anybody a sinner, but all of us need to remember that a season of prayer, a time of worship, is not optional. For if we've been touched or affected by this world this week, we need to come here on the first day and celebrate the Lord and let Him wash us new and fresh, body, soul, and spirit. I I think our enemy is afraid when we begin to magnify the Lord. For David said, you desire holiness in the inward parts, but you desire the praises of your people. You remember that Romans 1 passage? They knew Him, but they glorified Him not. Neither did they worship Him. I know you got places to go, but there may be no more important thing to do today than if we take a minute as they sing this chorus. Would you just begin to lift up the Lord and sing praises? Thank you for listening today. You can reach us at our website, www.tpos.church. To donate, you can use our text-to-give number at 615-490-9442. Until next time, go with God.